Last weekend was Festival International, and I didn't get a chance to go this year, but I have been in the past, and there's something really exciting about being a part of a large crowd uh, at the, in the middle of a concert, and there's something that happens as you're part of a concert, especially one that you enjoy, and everyone is just like enjoying the same song and the same experience together, and even though you don't even know these people around you, you have like this experience, this shared experience, where everyone's just kind of drawn out of themselves. Like we kind of all forget our own lives for a second. We forget the worries and the anxieties of our daily experience, and we just all celebrating and filled with joy about the experience that we're sharing together. And there's something really special about music that does that, that it it draws us to the transcendent. I think the same is true for sports. For example, it's baseball season, so maybe you've been to a UL game or maybe an LSU game um, and and watched one of the um, experiences of baseball this season. And, and it's really exciting, especially whenever there is um, maybe a pitcher throws, you know, a perfect game or maybe a shortstop makes a double play or, you know, something along those lines where you see something spectacular take place. And there's just this thrill that goes within you just to watch something beautiful, especially together as a crowd that we all kind of just forget our daily lives for a second, and we share in this enjoyable experience. There's something about the beauty and the splendor of sports well played that draws us out of ourself into the transcendent. It's similar to uh, works of art. I'm the type of person that could just get lost in an art museum. And I could just spend hours in, in an art museum. I could just walk around and just spend way too much time observing all the beautiful works of art. Or maybe some other type of museum, even if it's not art, like some type of historical museum. But usually what, what takes place, you know, like you, you have all of these things on display. And if you allow yourself to enter in, people can just spend hours just forgetting about themselves and being drawn into the transcendent, the beauty and the splendor that this museum has to offer. All of this to say is just a few examples of how when we, all of us, when we are struck with beauty, we are drawn to the transcendent. We're drawn to something beyond ourselves. And there's something very human about that, and it pulls us into the divine. Even on a secular level, even if it's non-religious, there's still something about beauty that draws us beyond ourselves. And I say all this because in the second reading today, we see St. Peter use some transcendent imagery. He does so in order to pull us out of ourselves and into something beyond, namely Christ. So I want to unpack that a little bit this morning for you so that we can dive a little bit deeper about how this applies practically to us. Ultimately, what St. Peter is getting at, if you go back and read the second reading today, what he's getting at ultimately is that Jesus Christ is the new temple. Now, whenever we hear those words, that probably doesn't mean a whole lot to us because temple is not a major part of our experience these days. But to the first century Jews... It was the center of their experience. The great temple of Solomon 
built by Solomon, destroyed a couple hundred years later, and rebuilt, and the whole story of the temple right there in Jerusalem, it was the center of Jewish culture, of Jewish worship, of Jewish identity. It was the, the thing that they were most proud about, the temple. And there's a few things in particular I want to point out today about the temple. You see, because it wasn't as if they had a bunch of different temples all over the place. There was one temple, and that temple was in Jerusalem. So even if you were a Jew all the way, miles and miles away, maybe even in Egypt, if you wanted to go to the temple, you had to travel to Jerusalem. There was only one. And this temple was holy. It was holy. In other words, it was set apart. It was meant to be a place that is special and different than anything else. It was glorious, magnificent. It was huge, this huge mega complex, bigger than a football stadium. I mean, it was just magnificent in splendor. It was set apart and understood to be set apart for God, for divine things, and for humans to encounter divine things. Holy is the first thing. The second thing is that it was the center of worship. And worship was not just this isolated experience. It wasn't just this personal um, relationship with God that no one would ever know about. Rather, it was a communal experience of offering themselves to God. The temple was the bridge between heaven and earth, and the people would come together as a whole in order to offer sacrifices. And they had priests in the Old Testament, and their primary function was to offer prayers and sacrifices. And some of these sacrifices were from animals, other was from crops, so you had bloody and unbloody. But ultimately, people would bring their possessions, whether it was an animal, a crop, or something else, they would bring that and give it to God by giving it to the priest, who would then put it on the altar, set it on fire, and the flames would rise to heaven. That's offering sacrifices, a very tangible, physical way for us to give something from ourselves to God. And this theology of sacrifice was central to their understanding of worship. It wasn't just a private matter. It was communal, everyone together. And the third thing is that the temple was God's dwelling place. It was understood that God's presence, the spirit of the living God, was primarily in the temple. If you wanted to find God, you had to travel maybe miles and miles in order to get to the temple so that you could receive his spirit. Remember, this is before Jesus Christ came. So we, we just so casually talk about having this, the Holy Spirit in our hearts. This is before that. If you wanted the Holy Spirit, if you wanted the spirit of the living God, it was in the temple. So the temple was extremely important because it was holy It was the center of worship, and it was God's dwelling place. St. Peter, in his second reading today, takes the shift. He provides the transition from the Old Testament temple to the New Testament temple. And the new temple is none other than Jesus Christ. Jesus is the new temple. And the theology of 
temple is all throughout Scripture, at the very beginning of Genesis all the way to the end of the book of Revelation. You'll see temple imagery and themes, and all of it points to the new, perfect, fulfilled temple of Jesus' body. Now, we know that whenever we talk about Jesus' body, we're talking about a couple of, there's a few layers of understanding here. There's certainly the biological, historical, human tangible body that walked around the Holy Land 2,000 years ago and died on a cross and rose three days later and currently is glorious in heaven. There's that part of his body. But we also know, because Jesus told us throughout Scripture, that his body has a mystical element to it as well. And the mystical body of Christ is the church. That the church is more than a building. The church is the body of Christ. And therefore, the new temple is not just Jesus' historical body, but in addition, and even more perfectly, the mystical body of Christ, the church. St. Peter says today that you and I, me and you, we are living stones. We are the stones that build the church. The church is made up of you and me, persons. And this mystical body is alive. It's not just a thing of the past. It's not just static and immaterial or, uh, I mean, or just plainly, plainly material. It is alive. It's, an, it's not just an organization. It is an organism living. You and I are the living stones that build this church. And we are making up the new temple, which is to say that the new temple of Jesus's mystical body fulfills the Old Testament temple, which is to say that it is holy, it is a place for worship, and it is God's dwelling place. So, holy, set apart, Catholic churches all around the world, it's no longer limited to one structure in Jerusalem. Now, all throughout the world, there are Catholic churches, and those places are sacred, holy, set apart. It is different than any other type of church. It is set apart for divine things, set apart for the communal worship. And, and that's why, you know, a couple of weeks ago I talked about the, you know, keeping our church sacred after Mass, allowing it to be a space for prayer for those that want to linger and pray, to kind of, you know, bring the conversations outside because something about this, like inside the church, it's different. That's also why if you go around the world, you will encounter some of the most amazing and beautiful works of art in the history of the world inside Catholic churches. Why? Because we understand and have always understood that it's beauty that draws us out of ourselves and into the divine, into the transcendent. There's something really important about sacred art and about sacred experience. It's different than secular experience, non-sacred experience. There's something special, holy, and set apart about Catholic churches. But second, Catholic churches, we also, it's the place for communal worship. 
And worship, again, is not just about a private experience in isolation. Rather, worship is an offering, a sacrifice. St. Peter says, offer yourselves as a, offer spiritual sacrifices. He even says that you and I, we are part of a holy priesthood, which is not, he's not talking about the ordained priesthood. He's talking about how all the baptized, you too, share in the priestly office of Christ, namely that all of us offer sacrifice, the sacrifice of our hearts, the sacrifice of our joys and our sorrows and our prayers and petitions and the sacrifice of of our time, talent, and treasure, the sacrifice of everything we have and everything we are, our whole life, we make an offering to God. And where and how do we best do that? Through the one offering of Jesus in the Catholic Church at this altar through the Eucharist. Just like the Old Testament temple, this new temple of the Catholic Church is a place for communal offering. All of us join into the one offering of Christ. And the third is God's dwelling. And we've talked about this before too because although we know that ever since Jesus came, God is present in a new way in all the world. And that's true. And we can find him in our hearts and we can find him, you know, around society in different, um, in different ways by his providence. But in a special, most particular way, God is especially present and dwelling in the Catholic Church, particularly through the Eucharist, which is why every Catholic Church has a tabernacle. And in the tabernacle, we have the Eucharist to say that this is Jesus, not a symbol, not just a sign, but a, a true presence of Jesus Christ, just like God's true presence was in the Old Testament temple. So now we have Jesus' mystical body of the church. It's holy. It's a place for worship, and it's God's dwelling. So I want us to think a little bit, and it's perhaps going to be a little bit of a challenging question, but why not? Whenever we come to Mass, wherever we go to Mass, do we come to consume or to offer? In other words, do you come as a customer Shopping for an experience? Or do you come as an oblation, a living sacrifice to the Lord, offering everything that you have to Him? You see, because depending on how you answer that question has huge ramifications. Externally, it may not look a whole lot different. If you look around the room, you may not realize who fits where. But internally, internally, it makes all the difference of what it means to truly be Catholic, to truly be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Because at the heart of our theology, at the heart of what the Lord has given and revealed to us, is that we are not simply consumers. We don't just go shopping around for a spiritual experience. We are making a total gift of self to God the Father through Jesus Christ. Our whole life should be a living sacrifice. St. Peter says in today's reading, he says that we are to 
offer spiritual sacrifices and that we are to announce the praises of the Lord. So offering spiritual sacrifices, in other words, divine sacrifices. As I mentioned earlier, the the joys and the sorrows, the sufferings, the fears, the anxieties, your time, your talent, your treasure, you offer your whole life in union with Jesus at the altar as he brings all of that to God the Father. Why do we do that? Well, because all of us are indebted to God the Father because we've sinned. And this, we could never make up that debt on our own, even if we gave God everything. But praise be Jesus Christ that Jesus makes up for it through his offering. And we unite all that we do have in union with Jesus, who then brings it to God the Father, and we become more united to the divine. And suddenly, this whole experience of Mass becomes a bridge between heaven and earth becomes a bridge between our humanity and his divinity. And we become one with God, the Holy Trinity. We offer spiritual sacrifices and we proclaim, we announce the praises of the Lord, as he says. In other words, we announce the beauty and the splendor and the good works that God has done in our lives and in others. Whenever we come to Mass, as we leave, we don't just go home and say, wow, that was a really great experience. I'm good now. I can't wait till next week. We go out. We go out and share what we've received because we didn't just consume. We participated. We are made new and we are transformed. And now we go out. And hopefully by the beauty of our lives and the beauty of our witness and the beauty of what we know to be true as we share what we've received, others perhaps may be drawn in just as we may have been drawn in towards music at a concert or a sport through a well-played game or through art through a great museum. As we are drawn in, others may be drawn in if we show them the beauty of Christianity. I just want to challenge us to reconsider how we approach our whole experience of Catholicism. We are living stones of the new temple of Jesus' body. We are so much more than spiritual consumers shopping for an experience. We are to offer our whole lives, everything that we have and everything that we are, to God the Father through Jesus Christ. And then, if we start thinking in this term, in these terms, and start living in this reality, we will discover the true beauty and splendor that Christ has to offer us. Amen. Amen.